worship service will be a bit out of the ordinary and that the sermon will be minimal and the time for scripture elongated and woven throughout the service. In a very real sense, the sermon begins now. And scripture is the primary preacher. My hope for our experience today is that you will come away with something of an Advent feeling. Indeed, today marks the first day of the Christian calendar, the new year, the beginning. And as we begin, we begin the season of Advent with expectation, with a sense of what might be. For Advent means arrival. And it is the time in which we anticipate, yes, Christmas, and remember the day that Jesus was born and came to be God with us in earth. But also, and perhaps more so, it is the time in which we anticipate the return of Jesus. In putting the worship service together for today, I attempted to weave beginnings and endings, or first endings, of Jesus' story with that of the beginning and the redemption of the world. In this way, it is my hope that worship will be more experiential, that the beginnings and endings held together will give us all a sense of this advent in between time, this time where we are called to keep watch for Christ's arrival, to wait for God's inbreaking into the world. Twice during the service, once in just a moment and once at the end, you will hear narratives from Scripture woven together, put in what we call katena form. And katena means chain, so Scriptures linked together, broken up and linked back together, groupings of writings that make, as they are woven, a commentary. So Scripture commenting on Scripture and unfolding new truths, perhaps, before us. In just a minute, Heather and I will tandem tell the birth and crucifixion of Christ. And later on, Dave, Heather, and I will weave the prophecy of Jeremiah, which we've already heard during our call to worship, Jesus' little apocalypse from Luke, and Paul's letter to the Romans. I would ask that as you take in these weavings, you would not get bogged down in trying to figure out which story comes from which place, but that you would experience it as a whole. And this is my prayer, that today and in this Advent season you may encounter the light of Christ through the world and through the Word, that you would find yourself in these scriptures and in the promises that they make, the promises of God, because these are the stories and the promises of God for the people of God. Let all who have ears to hear listen. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be enrolled. This was the first enrollment when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Pilate then called together the chief priests and the rulers and the people and said to them, You brought me this man who you said was perverting the people. But after examining him before you, behold, I did not find this man guilty of any of the charges that you brought against him. Therefore, I will chastise him and release him. And all went to be enrolled to their own cities. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, 
to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, to be enrolled with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. They were urgent, demanding with loud cries that he should be crucified, and their voices prevailed. So Pilate gave sentence that their demand should be granted, and he released Barabbas, the man who had been thrown in prison for insurrection and murder, whom they asked for. But Jesus, he delivered up to their will. And while they were there, the time came for her to be delivered. And when they came to the place which is called the skull there, they crucified him. And two criminals, one on the right and one on the left. And Jesus said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes. And they cast lots to divide his garment. And laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in that region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And the people stood by watching. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. But the angel said, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that shall be for all people. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. But the rulers scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. If this is the Christ of God, God's chosen one, let him save himself. And this will be a sign for you. And while the sun's light failed, the curtain of the temple was torn in two, and Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. Then the Joseph of Arimathea took the body of Jesus and wrapped it in a linen shroud, lying in a manger, and laid him in a rock-hewn tomb. And suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom God favors. The women who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed and saw the tomb and how the body was laid and returned to prepare spices and ointment. When the angels had gone away from them into the heavens, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened that the Lord has made known to us. And on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not see the body. And when the shepherds saw the babe lying in the manger, they made known the thing which had been told them concerning the child. And while they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men stood by them in dazzling apparel and said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? Remember how he told you when he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinners and crucified and on the third day rise. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. But Mary kept all these things, 
pondering them in her heart. And they did remember his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all of this to the eleven and to all the others. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as it had been told them. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. Owe no one anything, except to love one another, for the one that loves another fulfills the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not covet, you shall not steal, you shall not murder, are really summed up thus. Love your neighbor as yourself. For love can do no wrong to a neighbor. And therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Besides this, do you know what time it is? For now is the moment for you to wake from sleep. Our salvation is nearer to us now than than when we first became believers. The night is far gone, and the day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, not in revelry and and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and in jealousy. Let us put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its needs. This is the word of the Lord. So in preparation for today, uh, David Roden takes worship minutes every week. So in those services where we go over like a little bit past noon, we've heard, uh, we have an accounting for where we went long. So last night, and as I was rethinking uh, this service, I, I took the minutes down. I said, okay, the, the prayer confession takes this many minutes. The, the Christmas Easter narrative takes nine minutes. The yada, yada, yada. And I realized that I had three and a half minutes for a homily. An early Christmas gift for you. <laughs> so instead of reading a sermon, I just uh, I would like to share some Advent, some of Advent thinking that I've been doing. Normally, Advent feels like it's a ramping up, right? It's not just that the light is shining in. For me, it's a it's a ramping up. And this Advent just. It feels pretty heavy. The world is feeling heavy to me. We have discussed in sermons and in coffee hour and in all sorts of places in our homes the the troubling rhetoric. I've been reading article upon article of hateful things that are being done sometimes in the name of Jesus. A friend of mine uh, is a pastor at Trinity Presbyterian in Herndon, and a couple of weeks ago she received a text message saying that their elementary, their local elementary school, she, with, with, with which she works very closely, uh, the kids, uh, they woke one morning to illegals go home, spray painted across the school, and the windows smashed in at an elementary school. 
Another friend of mine is a teacher in D.C., and she said for the first time her daughter did not wear her hijab, her head covering, to school because she was afraid. These things are weighing on my heart. But I know that we are, uh, we are a mixed crowd and we are all focused on different things during Advent. And maybe if you are experiencing a sense of the darkness into which Jesus' light needs to come, it is not on a, a national scale, but it is in your home. It is with a diagnosis. It is with a death. It is in a struggle of addiction. It is in a consistent failure, perhaps, to communicate with the people that you love. I've also been thinking a lot about my, perhaps, failure to be empathetic to those with whom I disagree. Perhaps I was thinking about that because I had family Thanksgiving recently. It feels heavy and dark. But here's the thing that we know as Christians, that we are called to know and live by. We can sit in darkness. We can be people who dwell in the dark knowing that Jesus Christ is light enough. In Advent, we make way for this light. We prepare for this light. We welcome it, and it gets closer and closer to us. In thinking about this morning, I looked back at some photos, and I will admit that I have this beautiful photo of my husband and my daughter on Christmas Eve at the 5 o'clock service, um, you know, during which nobody's supposed to be taking photos, but everybody does, including the pastor's family, apparently. <laughs> and, uh, and this beautiful photo of the candle lighting time, when the lights go down and the candles are lit, and I was thinking that normally we light candles to see, right? We want to see Christ's light in the world. We want to see the light of Christ. But what I saw in the picture was my family holding a candle and their faces aglow. So here's my thoughts. I think during this season, no matter how heavy it feels, or maybe it doesn't for you. But during this season, I invite you to keep Christ ahead of you. To keep the light and love of Christ, as Paul said to the Romans, who thought that Jesus' second coming was like happening immediately in a way with, with an urgency that we do not sense now. But what did Paul tell them? Here's the most important thing. Remember all those commandments? Well, Jesus said, love one another. Keep that light and love of Christ ahead of you. And it will reflect that. May you be and bring the light of Christ to the world during this season. Days are surely coming, says the Lord. Oh, no one anything except to love one another. The days are surely coming. Jesus said, there will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and on the earth, distress amongst the nations, 
confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves, people will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the earth because the powers of the heavens will be shaken. You know what time it is. I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Owe no one anything except to love one another. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The days are surely coming. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with great power and glory. You know what time it is. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring for, up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. You know what time it is. Now, when these things begin to take place, stand up. Raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. He shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. Now is the moment for you to wake from sleep. In those days, Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this is the name by which it will be called, The Lord is our righteousness. Salvation is nearer to us now than it was when we became believers. I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David. Stand up and raise your head. The night is far gone. Stand, Stand up and, and raise your heads. The day is near. The days are surely coming. Wake from sleep. Stand up. Raise your heads. Love one another. Your redemption is drawing near. 